Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast, January 11th, 2022. This one recorded early in the morning, as I get up way too early. Then end up falling asleep way too early, too. Winter always messes with me. I'm more of a day walker, really, you know. <laughs> um, it's easier once the, the days get longer. I like to uh, still wake up early and kind of get moving as soon as the sun's up. But right now, I probably still got a couple hours before the sun's up. ponder a lot of things when I don't only think about politics and stuff like that. Nature of this podcast is those types of things, but it, calling what I, the subject of this podcast, politics, I think is kind of, I don't know, maybe dismissive almost or something. There's too many things that get globbed into politics, you know. Politics is whether or not you like the R or the D better, you know. Um, it, it's the rhetoric between the two organizations and stuff, and which one is in power, and they're, and they're sort of jostling for power. And, and the things they say to people to convince them to vote for them so that they can stay in power. And that's that's more what politics is about. That's politics. But, like, the state of our country... Um, and like what it's going to take for our country to survive, what it's going to take to overcome the divisions and things like that, that's less politics because it doesn't necessarily have to, you know, subscribe to a particular organizational's objectives or something. It's like, and if neither one of them that currently represents our interest is interested in those things, well, then we need new organizations, you know, and it's just... We need to have more people that are into the idea of healthcare as a right and education as a right. And we need more people to explain it better. We need more people to uh, help people understand uh, that wealthy people paying higher tax rates does not mean that they become poor. It's not a punishment of success. It doesn't mean that they lose their status at all e either. There's actually nothing that happens to them. Yeah. Um, Many we wealthy people, as we know, have very big egos. You know, Donald Trump is classic example. He very much defines himself by his net worth. So if if it's stated in the news that his net worth is only quote unquote you know five hundred million, and and he's saying that it's five billion, you know, it, it, his feelings get hurt. No, does his way of life really change at all? I mean, he lives quite extravagantly, you know, like, and that's also the thing, too. It's it, mainly with Trump, it's uh, insurance fraud and tax fraud that he's dealing with right now. And um, he should face some consequences for that if you were, you know, I, I got a letter from the IRS recently that I underpaid my tax bill, even though I didn't. I never even received the COVID stimulus or anything like that. They had to get a letter saying they're going to take more money out. I made like 
forty something grand that year, you know. Donald Trump made four hundred thousand dollars a month while his company was going through bankruptcy once, you know, like. But yet he doesn't owe back taxes. Kind of crazy, you know. IRS and the government certainly needs to refocus its priorities. A person who pays, you know, over you know thousands of dollars in taxes over the course of a year that's taken right out of their hourly wage job, and then another person who's living like an extravagantly affluent lifestyle somehow is able to claim losses so massive that they can avoid paying taxes for a decade while they're living lavishly. There's something off about that, you know? Like, I, I paid more in taxes in some years than Donald Trump did. And, and some of those years, I was literally living on a fucking army cot. Like, I didn't even have my own place, really. I was just, like, bouncing from temp job to temp job, just trying to find something. And it was, there was still taxes being taken out of my check. Now, again, when I filed my taxes in India, because I was making so little, most of that money I got back that I paid throughout the year that was taken out of my check. But still paid some. And then last year, I certainly didn't get it all back. You know, but that guy was able to avoid paying taxes for many, many years because he was so bad at running a business and then was able to maintain an extremely affluent lifestyle while he had a zero tax ob obligation. Something off about that. We need to fix that. You know, that that's not right. You know, um, we, we need to understand that th there is a, a amount of money that is virtually infinite. And there is, it is completely unnecessary once a person gets to that particular point to have any more money than that because they already have virtually infinite wealth. Yeah. And it's really, it's nowhere near a billion. Yeah. Once you're getting up to the net worths of 100, 200 million, yeah, you're at virtually infinite wealth. You do not need to work anymore again. You're done. You don't have to. If you want to, great. But... At that level of wealth, you do not need to work. And, and, and that's a fact, is the thing. That, that's not an opinion. Um, what way of life are you talking on? Something, but, but you, you can maintain an upper, way upper middle class lifestyle forever and you never have to work again. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so, so that's, a, that's a very particular kind of luxury. You know. There's millions of Americans around the country who buy lottery tickets for that exact thing. You know, that, that, that is the prize. You know, that exact thing. You know, you can either get it one big lump sum or do the annuity. Do the smart thing and do the annuity. There's plenty of people that get the lump sum and then they fuck it off. Two years later, they're broke again. Get the annuity, then you're never broke. Ever. Ever again. Done. You, you do not have to worry about it. Don't don't have your friends be like, oh, well, the tax available. You have more money for no, 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 Just take the annuity. Do the right thing. Just guaranteed. Boom. You now you don't have to ever have to work again. You'll never have that stress again. And you'll get however much a month. So two hundred million invested in an annuity, and you can earn say fifty thousand a month, tax free income forever. Yep. Yeah. That. 50000 a month, that's only 600000 a year, only, you know, so, no, 
Yeah, if you have the two hundred million invested in annuities that are earning, you know, even just three, four percent interest, yep, that it'll more than offset the six hundred thousand you're paying yourself a year in fifty thousand dollar monthly installments, annuity payments, yeah. That's only two hundred million. Okay, so so that's virtually infinite wealth once you get to there. So anything up above that, and there's people that are massively up above that. Where they could they can invest in something that could pay them, you know, a million dollars a month, every month, forever, and it would never run out. Yes, there are people that have that kind of wealth, and that's stupendous. That's ridiculous. You know, we have to find a way to kind of get people to understand that those people making that kind of money, having to pay a higher tax rate, when in return it means that hospitals are free and schools are free that's a that's an awesome trade-off because there's there's no pain to that wealthy affluent class they don't lose really anything it's just a number it's their net worth isn't as much okay it doesn't mean their way of life changes it doesn't mean they have to sell off all their possessions not necessarily no now if they're living exorbitantly stupid like spending millions of dollars a month or something maybe they'll have to make some changes oh no you know how, how will they survive but it's it's the main thing that a lot of people don't understand when they vote Republican that that is what that organization is about it, it's not you know they'll tell you all kinds of other stuff to get you riled up you know they're gonna they're gonna make abortion illegal, and you know after they cut taxes for wealthy people and corporations, they will eventually get to trying to make abortion illegal, and they're not gonna offer any alternatives and solutions to that problem they're gonna be creating. Yeah, a medical procedure that has existed for thousands of years. It's even referenced in the Old Testament, also known as the Torah. It's referenced specifically in that. Yeah, yeah. And if you're a Christian and you're, and you're the reason that you're anti-abortion and think abortion is illegal is because you're a Christian, please give me the chapter and verse of, of the Gospels where Jesus specifically mentions that you must punish people who get abortions. Okay, please, please, you know, tell me the chapter and verse of the New Testament of the Gospels, according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where Jesus himself specifically states that anyone who gets an abortion must be punished by the government. Okay. Because when you say that abortion should be illegal and you believe that because you're a Christian, okay, it's the teachings of Jesus. Okay. So it's the Gospels. <clears throat> now, yes, Jesus was Jewish. So having an understanding of the Old Testament, having an understanding of the Jewish religion, certainly helps you give an understanding of the man Jesus. But he didn't really buy into all, every single custom that's in, you know, Judaism. That's kind of why he was different. You know, he was Jewish, but he didn't really, you know, that's, that's more just kind of understanding who the guy was. But when you read the Gospels according to Matthew, Matthew Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus isn't... Uh, promoting the idea of a government punishing women who get an abortion. Okay, so it's, you know, I don't really understand that argument by Christians saying that they, they have to support this law that's going to punish people for getting an abortion. And they have to do that because they're a Christian. Um, what? What?
what are you referencing? You know, how there something's off there. Whatever your belief on when life begins, okay. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. Where's your empathetic feelings towards that person? Okay, how how is what you're doing helping them? How specifically? And and what aid are you offering now that you're forcing them to by law to go through a full pregnancy when they weren't even showing and you didn't even know anything about it prior? So how are you helping that person? What's your empathy? Where's the empathy? Where? Where is it? Because uh, I'm not seeing it at all. <laughs> um, it, it's just not there. Okay. The, the Texas abortion ban is not a Christian law. Sorry. N- n- no. I, it, it's very annoying to me that like a person like me who doesn't even go to church much anymore and there was a reason that it kind of started drifting away many years ago and it's that kind of stuff you know people giving the cliff notes version of of the teachings of jesus and abortion is wrong and and, and that's they literally think that they literally think that the, the the summation of the teachings of jesus is that abortion should be illegal how did you get there it's not even the Gospels aren't even that, you know, many, much to read, you know, that you can get through them fairly quickly, you know, like that, that's not, that's not the summation of the Gospels, you know, that, that's not what it is. If, if that's what you think it is, you, you got to take another gander, you know, like, and uh, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't really know. I think it's because people get bored. You know, the teachings of Jesus are fairly basic, and they're just and they're almost kind of repetitive. You know, and it's really just kind of how to be a good, decent human. Put yourself in other shoes. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Some of the people, some of the biggest supporters of the wall were also Christians. Very weird. You know, um, why is that? What? How do you? There's a lot of mental gymnastics going on, and it's been going on for too long because um, it's people being manipulated, you know, and, and they're getting daily streams of, like, propaganda and stuff, telling them all kinds of stuff. And then, the pe- you know, humans are human, you know. We're, people quest, want, like, power in all different kinds of ways, even in religious institutions, you know. But obviously, if you're a Christian, you you have a certain duty to speak out against the person like Trump, to to speak out against him, okay? Donald Trump needs, he needs redemption and salvation. He's he's not a good role model. Um, He's not a good human being. But him being the way that he is in full public view and living a full public life for decades, fully embracing the seven deadly sins, you get to see what it does to a person. It, it destroys them, you know. He's a shell of a man, you know. He could barely formulate a coherent sentence. He has no morals, no ethics, no real close friends or anything, you know. Just hangers on that he people that he can exploit and people that can kind of, you know, gain some sort of advantage by having an association with him. That includes his own family. 
He just never really embraced any sort of positive qualities ever. You know, teaching of Jesus were very much about love and compassion, curing the sick, feeding the hungry, real basic kind of stuff, you know. Healthcare as a right certainly falls into the teachings of Jesus. One of the reasons I support healthcare as a right and education as a right is because I'm a Christian. One of the reasons I lean left and identify as being more of a leftist is because I grew up in the church. It's because I grew up on the teachings of Jesus. That's why I am the way I am. Makes it all the more confusing that a person like Donald Trump could get so much support from Christians. Of all the people. Like he was <laughs> unapologetically and unabashedly the complete opposite. You know, and he leaned into it. It, it was no secret, you know. He wasn't shy about the fact that he was going in a much, much different direction and very much promoting that, you know. He embodied that, and that's his purpose. You want to say that God sent Donald Trump here? Okay. To demonstrate to the world what the seven deadly sins do to a human being over the course of a lifetime, you know. If you look at pictures when he was young, he looked—he looked like he was a fairly vibrant person, you know. But um, living that way year after year after year after year after year—it it, it drains a person's soul, you know. They become a shell of a human, you know. I don't even know like what actually—he's purely just day to day, just to kind of stay ahead of the the impending doom that's coming his way, you know? Just been kind of skirting just outside the edges of the law for decades. But he's just been able to get away with it because he has so much money. And people love money, you know? People just have an, kind of an automatic respect for people and an admiration for people who have a lot of money, regardless of how they got it. Donald Trump has lots of money because he was given it as a birthright. He was born into the affluent class. Being born into the affluent class doesn't mean you're a bad person. In fact, I've no, I know many, many, many awesome people who are in the affluent class. I used to take care of their children, and it was the best job I ever had. So this isn't really a class war thing. In, in fact, that's something I try to kind of remind when I'm doing this podcast is that one of the worst things about the Republican Party representing the interests of the wealthy exclusively is that it's not even all wealthy people that want the things that the Republican Party is doing. <laughs> you know, there are certain wealthy people that will give money and to either super PACs, and those monies will give money directly to politicians. And then if you give it to the super PAC, you, you can basically give unlimited donations and stuff. And then those will, you know, give monies to primarily politicians with ours next to their name. There are a few D's that do it, though, as well. Joe Manchin is the kind of the most famous one in the news right now, a Democrat who's in reality just a Republican with a D next to his name. So that's it. You know, something you got to be careful of. The Republican Party is primarily focused on protecting the interests of the wealthy. That is their primary focus. The Democrats are the other organization meaning they have a wide variety of objectives. There is no one primary objective. Okay, They're, They are not a monolith. They are a democracy. So that it's a wide range of political views, ethnicities, races, 
gender, sexual orientation, all that kind of stuff. Socioeconomic standing, all over the place. Huge, broad range of views on all kinds of stuff. Because it's the one other option besides the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy. We're not really presented any other options in the news. So many people just sort of by default go Democrat. You know, am I a Democrat? No, I, I, more leftist, I guess. You know, I'm a Christian and a Sigma Nu. But the, Sigma Nu is the organization that I'm a member of for life, you know. But if I ran for political office, I wouldn't run as a Sigma Nu, I guess, but I'd probably more run as an independent. And then we we'll just make reference to some of the organizations that I've been a part of throughout my life. You know, the First United Methodist Church when I was growing up. You know, Boy Scouts of America. Um, and then USA Track and Field, you know. the uh, And then playing rugby and stuff. You know, the different rugby clubs. And then being a Sigma Nu. But as far as being a member of the Democratic Party, it's just like, you know, yeah, I'm definitely pro-democracy. So, yeah, definitely would more times than not align with them, would almost never align with the Republican Party because, yeah, you know, I'm all about preserving the Republic, but what is the Republic as a whole? Well, it's the people living in this place. So, I'm primarily mostly focused on the people, and I think when you're focused mostly on the people, then the Republic as a whole preserves too because it, it is the people. You know, the, the buildings and the structures and all that kind of stuff and the the fancy estates, those are neat. But it, it's the way of life and the, and the quality of life of the people that I find most important to focus on. But for many, it's it's more preserving a certain type of identity, you know, so... Certain people become accustomed to making money a certain particular way, so they want to maintain that. Uh, you know, bail bondsmen. Do they have a certain benefit to maintaining the war on drugs? Well, yeah. You know, there, there's an ever steady supply of people who are going to be needing bail, you know, a bail bond to, to post bail because they got arrested for possession of a controlled substance. So by doing that, you know, it keeps the bail bondsmen in, in business. And there's been documentaries about bail bondsmen where they thought, well, this is my livelihood, you know, having a steady supply of criminals, quote-unquote, you know. These are people who abused drugs, therefore they're going to go to jail now. It's a weird system. It doesn't really make any sense, criminalizing drug activity or, in some cases, not even drug use, plant use. Cannabis is a plant. And that's just a fact. You, you can get, no, it's a drug. Well, it's a plant. If you want to say it's a drug, whatever. It has substances in it that have drug qualities. Cannabis is a plant. That's just a fact. If it's inconvenient to you, if that makes it tougher for you to try to make it illegal, to justify making it illegal, well, well, okay, that, that's how it goes. It is a plant. comes from a seed, responds to photosynthesis. That's called a plant. Yeah. It doesn't cease to be a plant simply because it makes you feel good. 
when you consume it. You, you know, um, but that's kind of what the federal government has been saying for several decades. This particular plant makes people feel good. Therefore, we're going to make it illegal, and then we're going to say that it has no therapeutic qualities. Even though that's why people were using it to feel better, you know. So um, that that's definitely one that has to. It would be cool that that would be a new, good one to just kind of slip in one time, you know, a, a good bold senator, House representative, to to just you know, we're going to remove cannabis from the list of Schedule One drugs, and that's it. Just boop, just it's just a line item cross out. Nothing more needs to be done. You know, that's it. Just boop. It's no longer federally illegal. A federal crime to, well, to be doing exactly what I'm doing right now. You know, I'm smoking a spliff while I'm talking on my phone that I use as my recording device for this podcast. Yep, have some cannabis in me. Right on me right now. How how that is a crime is very confusing. You know, I bought it at a store that has a license to sell cannabis, and that store pays taxes. The state I'm in has generated massive amounts of tax revenue and can cannabis sales over the last several years. Yeah. So you can either earn money, generate revenue that goes to cover whatever is important to your state by legalizing cannabis, or you can continue to spend massive amounts of money incarcerating people, putting them in jail in cages, not allowing them to work and, you know, pay taxes and stuff. For the crime of using a plant. To feel better. Mm. <laughs> um, and just remember too, the whole reason cannabis became legal was it was a justification to put people in jail. Well, why are there so many people in jail? Why are there so many minorities in jail? Well, because cannabis is illegal. The Cannabis became illegal to give people the, the legal right, if you will, to put certain types of people in jail. That's what you know. Cannabis is a plant that all kinds of people use from all all around the world. You know, and uh, as we know, we, the racism does exist in this country and has existed for a long time. You know, so it, it kind of continued. It, it, there's been different levels to it, and it kind of changes and distorts and kind of disguises itself sometimes, you know. And that was one of them, where you make a law where basically anyone caught doing this thing that all kinds of people do, you know, you're going to go to jail. Most people who do that thing are, are never going to any, face any consequences. In other words, if you're wealthy and white, you can do all the cannabis you want, you know, just like in Texas. If you're wealthy and if you're a wealthy white woman, you can get an abortion, even if the, you know, abortion is illegal in Texas. Wealthy white women will still be able to get abortions. Yeah, they, they won't have any issues with that, obviously. We all know that. Um, so the same was with the cannabis law. If you were wealthy and white, you can smoke all the cannabis you want. You can do all the cocaine you want. However, if, if you are poor and black, well, then you're going to go to jail. Okay, and that's the reason that you know, cannabis was made illegal. That's its whole purpose, okay? To give the powers that be, the legal authority, to put people in jail that they 
wanted to put in jail. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Cannabis should not be a crime. It's a plant, and and it you know it needs to be taken off the list of Schedule One drugs because its reason for being a Schedule One drugs is to give people an excuse to put certain people in jail, mostly minorities and poor people. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That that's why it's illegal. Okay, because that is the effect. Okay, or, or, you know, that is the result. You make cannabis illegal, all of a sudden the prisons are just flooded with minorities and poor people. Now, are there rich people that are smoking cannabis? Of course. But they don't need to, they don't face consequences for such a thing. Yeah, we know that. Now, if they're getting too crazy, like, um, you know, transporting 400 pounds of cannabis in their SUV across state lines then they might have to pay a penalty. Okay. Yeah. But if you're poor and, and you're caught with an ounce in the wrong place and you're a minority, well, then you're probably going to go to jail for a couple years. Yeah. Welcome to America. Okay, welcome to the war on drugs. It's not war on drugs. It's a war on poor people and minorities. And that's what it's about because that is the result. Most of the people that face some kind of penalty... For possession, selling, or growing, or whatever, of a plant, are, are minorities and poor people. That, and and that is why the law is on the books. That's its purpose because that is the result. That that's what you get. You get more poor people and minorities going to jail. Okay, so we need to stop doing that. Small government and fiscal conservatism, and a government that works on if not specifically Christian values, then just humane, empathetic values, you know, sounds really good to me, and I would be fully supportive of it. Um, be, the main reason I, you know, am vehemently against the modern-day Republican Party is because they do not represent those things at all. They are a very big authoritarian government. They nominated an aspiring fascist, yes, by the name of Donald John Trump, to be president of the United States. And they actually picked him a second time, even though he abused his power and he was an aspiring fascist. You know, he, he has deep admiration for Mussolini, Vladimir Putin, Hitler, Kim Jong-un, Duarte of the Philippines. He, deep admiration for those style, those types of authoritarian dictators who rule with force and do not leave their post until they want to. Yeah. They do not rule democratic societies. The people have no say in who the leader is. Yeah. Kim Jong-un is the leader of North Korea because his dad was. And he, he inherited the job. Donald Trump really digs that kind of stuff. He likes that. And that's why he wanted the job. It's also why he wanted to retain it. A lot of power with it. And he really faced zero to any consequences, you know. He abused his power, so he had a job performance review. And the people who picked him said, nah, he gets to keep his job. Because the impeachment was not a criminal proceeding at all. Nope. He didn't have to commit a crime to lose his job. But that's what the Republican Party says. Unless he's done doing something outright illegal, you know, criminal... We're going to let him keep his job. Wow. You know. And again, 
many people get fired for all kinds of stuff. I was once fired from a job processing utility documents because I tested positive for cannabis. You know, the fucking hourly wage job working in the bowels of the corporate empire processing utility bills in a fucking cubicle. And I'd been doing it just fine and dandy for months. The reason the corporation did it is because it's cheaper to just hire a temp employee to come in for a few months. Once you got to hire them on full time, well, now they cost more money. And any stooge can do the fucking job that they that I was doing. You certainly don't need a bachelor's degree or anything like that. So it's just a way to cut costs. Right before you got to start paying them more money, you just let them go. And then you get on a new crew of temp employees. And it was just customary practice of ECOBA. So that's how they do it. That's how they roll. But Donald Trump, Commander-in-Chief of the United States military, President of the United States of America, abuses his power you know, extorts an ally for personal favors. And personal favors, they really just wants made up, you know. Risks national security, you know. Endangers lives, but still gets to keep his job. Why? Because he has an R next to his name. And he had already signed a tax bill that cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. That is the primary objective of the Republican Party. So they were willing to go along with anything because they had already achieved their primary goal. He delivered. They cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. Now it's time to get to making sure abortion is illegal. And the whole, you know, justifying one's vote for Republican because you don't like Democrats, it's just a really weak, flabby argument. Flabby. An impotent argument. You know, it's it, it, it's embarrassingly weak when you justify as a working class person your your continued support for the Republican Party because you don't like the Democrats. You're going to scream from the mountaintops about Democrats, Democrats, Democrats. Who gives a fuck about the Democrats? You're voting for tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations, and you're making fourteen seventy five an hour. Why are you doing that? Why are you voting for tax cuts for the wealthy and corporations? Okay, that is what you're voting for. I, I know they're, yeah, they're getting you all riled up about abortion and transgender bathrooms and gay people getting married and whatever the fuck, and, and Democrats are socialists and yada da 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 all kinds of crazy shit they, they tell you. Okay, whatever they told you to get you to vote for them. Okay. They're going to cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. Any bill that doesn't positively benefit the wealthy, they're going to be against. And they're going to make certain changes to make sure there are specific provisions that will benefit the wealthy. That is their focus. That is what they're concerned with. You know, is the Dow Jones going up? Okay. Dow Jones goes up a thousand points. That's awesome. If you own shares in those companies, if you don't, you ain't getting shit. <laughs> um, hate to break it to you, but I know the news gets all excited and stuff every time the Dow Jones goes up. But if you don't own any of those companies, 
that one single share, you're not getting anything. You don't have any gain, nothing. And if you do own shares, but it's like I have some investments going, but you know, it's virtually nothing. You know, like one share of many of those companies is in several hundred dollars. And when you buy those, the brokers who are selling those on the floor, they're they're only selling them in like hundred lots. You know, you really got to buy a hundred shares at a time. Really, you know, they're not just buying one share at a time. So. You're talking massive amounts of money you have to to be to really be able to play on the big level. You know, the people that have thousands and thousands of shares of these big massive companies, they actually have an actual percentage stake in the company. And the vast majority of us will never be that. No matter how many how much and we slowly invest over time, you know, you, you're never gonna have an actual percentage stake in a big, massive Fortune 500 company. You might have a portfolio that's, you know, cruising value and has a nice value over time. You know, by the time you retire, you've been saving thousands of dollars a year, and that the, it comes time to retire, you have just over a million. Yeah. Th that, that's what some of the people who own the companies that you have invested in over the year, that's how much they might have earned in a single month in interest on just a few investments. You know, like, and that's what you're going to spend a lifetime accruing. So yeah, you can definitely get some interest, you know, and all that, and that's great. But if you don't own massive shares in those companies, when the Dow Jones goes up, you're not really getting anything, you know. But that is the Republican Party's focus. Are big corporations getting bigger and their shareholder value increasing? Therefore, they can pay more money to the execs and all that. Well, great. That means the economy's good. Um, what's the quality of life? How stressed out are people? What's the anxiety levels? How healthy are people? What's the stress level in this country? You know, are people making ends meet? Are people stressing about having to make rent and mortgage payments and have enough food to eat? What are the concerns there? What's the value of Costco? I don't really give a shit, you know. Um, what's the value of Walmart? I, you know, Walmart's share price goes up eighteen bucks. I don't. What does that mean for me? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Does that mean that Walmart might be considering building more locations? Well, that's that's that would suck. That seems like a really shitty job. Working at Walmart, every single one of them is exactly the same. That that store really sucks. It fucking sucks having to go into a fucking Walmart, man. Fuck, I hate having to do that. But it's like this weird, like thing we all did. So many people just gleefully skip into there almost. You know, they're so excited to go to fucking Walmart. You know, yeah. It's, I'm I'm so glad the Walton family are billionaires. They're even more wealthy now. Yeah, they don't have to do shit. We just go to the store that they own, spend our hard-earned dollars. The people that work there also get our hard-earned dollars because, you know, they get tax-funded, tax like, food stamp programs because the, the owners of Walmart pay their employees dog shit. Yeah, it, it's a shit job. You know, most of the revenue 
goes to pay for the affluent lifestyles of the people that own that company, primarily the Walton family, the descendants of Sam Walton. Um, it's not a good company. They do pay a lot of money on marketing and stuff and, and marketing, messaging, to make you think all kinds of stuff about it. Yeah, that it's totally awesome, but, you know, the eyes don't lie, you know. I've been into enough Walmarts and see the employees kind of shuffling around. They're not enjoying life. And why would they? You know, they're making some shit hourly wage to do work that's not fun, not, not fulfilling in any way, and knowing that it's not really going to lead to anything unless you want to just keep moving up the ranks in fucking Walmart. Ooh, fun. What does that lead to? You know, it, it's not a good job. It isn't. You know, um, but but that's the problem with these big corporate things. They just they just kind of glob everything up. You know, they they take away any individuality, any uniqueness, any any character a town can have. It just gets whitewashed. You know, um, yeah, it's like every time I'm through my home, my old hometown, it just I just end up just kind of passing through because it it's it's it just. It went too far into the corporate direction, it, and it's just uh, it's busied and hurried for no good reason. It, it, it's just a small town, and, and it should feel like it. But you know, I think the total population is under thirty thousand, but it's got all all of the corporate stuff. No character at all, really. I mean, some character just because of its geographic location, but it it should have way more. You know, it's a cool little town on the northern tip of an island, navy base nearby, but. You know, it's sold out, you know, because, um, yeah, corporate locations in there, even if like there's someone that owns the like I, I know the woman that owns the, the McDonald's in my old hometown. But what that means is you buy all the products from the McDonald's Corporation. You know, you, you may own that specific location. And, and so you get a good deal of benefit from owning that. But the money that you're paying for all the product that you sell at McDonald's through the McDonald's corporation. Yeah. McDonald's sells that to you. And yeah. They make a lot of money. You know, that's money that's leaving your town and not coming back. Yeah. You know, huge portions of money. You go small business though. The, the true owners of the company fully living, all living in your community. Well, then where do you think they're going to spend their money that they're making from that venture? Well, right there in your, your town. Yeah. Kind of circular. But once you get the corporate in there, yeah, a certain percentage of the ownership stake of that location, a huge ownership stake of that specific location is not in your town. Yeah. So a certain percentage of the revenues in that location is just going to leave your town and it ain't coming back nope yeah so that's kind of what my hometown did and it's uh, it's just it's just sad because it you can see the accentuated wealth gap like my hometown probably has about six or seven trailer parks and also right above the Walmart this clear-cut forests where there's these mansions basically and it's just there you go you know some people 
they'll, they'll start riding an ascent just at just the right time, and then they'll start getting exponential gains while other people are just shuffling along. They're grinding. They're working. They are working hard, just as hard as the people that came before them, but they they came just a smidge later, and certain markets had already dried up, so that there was just certain opportunities that weren't available to them. So in my hometown, it's, you know, my old hometown, it's you graduate high school. If you're not getting a scholarship to go somewhere, your options are join the military or get a job at Walmart, Home Depot, McDonald's, Jack in a Box, Wendy's, maybe Mod Pizza, Grocery Outlet. Man, those all sound fun. Are those going to lead to a wonderful career? N no. No, um, I guess some basic experience, clocking in, clocking out, working for an hourly wage that, and then an hourly wage that's still going to have taxes taken out and stuff, and then trying to figure out how do you how you pay rent in some crappy apartment that's seven or eight hundred bucks a month when you pay six every two weeks or like you know six hundred. You know, yeah, it, <laughs> it gets uh, it gets pretty tough right off the bat, you know, and that's that's what, it is what it is in this country. And uh, everyone, once they get their little slice, they like they do everything to kind of hold on to it. But you know, pie is only so big. Each person starting at the top takes their cut people at the top take a big massive cut they basically like you know hoard massive amounts of monies that can be used for all sorts of things and they just sort of hold on to it and it just sort of stagnates up there and um you know and then it just sort of works your way down but then by the time it gets down to the bottom rung the bottom you know 50 60 percent or so it's not a whole lot left so we're we're just sort of grinding it out many times i'm sort of rubbing elbows with each other, you know, just, uh, becomes a bit of a squeeze, you know, you're really grinding it out when you're in the bottom 50, you know, and doesn't really, it's a lot of slippage, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, what's, what's your true passions and all that, and it's like, yeah, that sounds great, uh, I, I like being able to eat. And, and have a roof on my head, you know, and I know that if I stop working, I, I lose that privilege. Because <laughs> those things are considered privileges in this country, certainly not rights. You don't have the right to just stay alive, you know. Nope. <laughs> uh, if you want to have food to eat and have shelter and stuff like that, you got to have a job. Because um, even some of the, like, the quote-unquote free things, they're limited capacity in that kind of thing, you know. Most of us have to keep working, you know. That's just how it goes. So. So it's, uh, I hope that these real basic kind of things start getting more embraced. Healthcare is right, education is right. And even like a, a basic stipend, so that when people want to switch jobs and move about, it, it's easier to do that. People have, just have more control of their own destiny with basic stuff like that.
And I think a, a basic stipend should be pretty basic, you know, even as, and really based off of something, economic activity. Alaska has a dividend based off the oil revenue, you know. Why can't the citizens of this country, and that would be the thing, the citizens of the country, if you're a citizen, then, then you would get the freedom dividend. You're not a citizen, you wouldn't be eligible to get it, but it would be based off of some total number of economic activity, monies collected throughout, you know, whatever, and then you just divvy it out. Very easy to do. When, when there's individual human beings with net, net worth in, in the billions, yeah, we can definitely have hospitals and schools that are funded properly and even a basic stipend that we give people. People would, would still work. That's the thing. That This idea that... The shit the Republican Party can get away with saying about the working class, it's, it's fucking crazy sometimes, you know. Because they, they can protest things like the minimum wage and stuff like that and then get angry when people don't work and instead take unemployment benefits. Why the fuck do you think they're doing that? If you had, if you can earn basically 15 an hour doing nothing or 13 an hour busting your ass, y yeah, nine times out of ten, I would say maybe even ten out of ten people are going to choose the 15 an hour doing nothing. No, of course, there's plenty of people that are going to be like, 15 an hour is not enough. So they would rather try to get a job where they make even more than 15. You know, But for the people that are making less than 15 an hour, and maybe somehow they can earn a living doing nothing, they, they would definitely take that. Or, yeah, obviously the, the better example... They're making thirteen seventy-five or thirteen an hour, busting it, or they can make thirteen an hour doing nothing. And then maybe during that time, try to find a job that's they actually like doing. Maybe they'll make more money, possibly. Who knows? Again, that's not even a choice. You know, working costs money. I'm not sure if the Republican leadership that calls working class people lazy and stuff like understands that. When you're working, you're spending money. You know, you're expending energy. You have to pay for that energy. And then your employer is reimbursing you, and hopefully, and then some. <laughs> the reality is with many minimum wage jobs, you're not even getting fully reimbursed, let alone getting additional pay. You know, you have expenses. You're expending energy that costs money you know, to work that job, okay? And then many employers have been able to get away with not even reimbursing their employees for their costs. They got to drive to work, you know? They got to put money, food in their belly. They have to live nearby where the location is and pay rent and such. That all costs money, you know? <laughs> yeah. And their time, of course, yes. You know, they have to devote their life, a, a good section of their life, to this entity. Okay, The value of that is far more than $7 an hour. You know, that's kind of absurd. That's a, that 
our country legally allows that, especially when some of the entities paying such a low wage are multi-billion dollar companies paying certain individual employees, i.e. the CEO and the board of directors and stuff like that, millions of dollars a year. Okay. Why are those companies complaining about a minimum wage? You know, we, we got to reframe the argument here. You know, all of us benefit from raising the bottom a bit. What is our standard? What, what is the minimum that we're going to accept? You know, uh, understanding that, yes, the people that own the entities that we work for and shop for want to maintain an extremely affluent lifestyle. And they're very afraid that if we make any improvements to the way of life of the working class, they're afraid that their position is going to fall. And that is what they're concerned with. Yeah. They're concerned with losing their way of life. If the working class people that they pay to do all the work at the companies that they own, if they were able to get an education in health care, would they keep working at the corporation? I don't know. Maybe not. Would those corporations have the same value? Maybe not. Maybe there would be more small business. Maybe people would start seeking more locally owned options, understanding the implications of spending huge portions of their earnings at corporate locations. Yeah. Which may very well affect the positions of the affluent class. Maybe they're not quite as wealthy. Maybe the values of some of those corporations does start going down. Who knows? It's a certain level of uncertainty in the type of economy. That doesn't mean our country collapses because people are able to get healed when they need healing and education when they want to get educated. No. no. It certainly doesn't mean that. It means quite the opposite, of course. Yeah. People are able to get healed when they need it. If they want to get educated, they can go get an education. Yeah. So a higher percentage of the population is educated and healthy, and a higher percentage of the population is less stressed out about the day-to-day -day bills because they got at least a basic buffer get coming to them each month. Even though it's not much, it just eases just enough stress. And again, even if it was only, quote-unquote, 500 a month, for a good portion of the working class, an extra 500 bucks a month, hey, that would help a bunch. That reduces stress levels a ton. Oh yes, 500 a month is nothing to a wealthy person. But it's a fuck ton to a person like me. That helps a bunch. <laughs> That's just that much less stress. That's just that much more ease in paying the bills. That's just that much more of a buffer. Imagine if I could go to a doctor anytime I'm sick or just want to get a checkup, including dentist and optometry, and then if I want to go get my second degree, which I just never earned because I ran out of financial aid, I can go do that and then go earn my master's. And other people too. Yeah, higher percentage of the population that's less stressed out, feeling healthy, and educated. Why is the Republican Party against such things? Why indeed? What are they scared of? You know? They don't want too many of us to be healthy, educated, 
and less anxious. They like keeping us kind of anxious and stressed out and hateful and not feeling our best self. They prefer to keep us that way. Why? You know, why? We, we need to find a, a, a better way. Because we're a big, massive country and we're a whole bunch of different types of people. We got to come to some basic understanding on the basics. Who are we? What's important to us? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? That sounds good to me. Life. So, yeah, let's make sure if people are feeling sick and they need a checkup, they feel like they need, you know, they need medical assistance, let's make sure people can get it when they need it to help preserve their lives. Yeah, when people need medical treatment, let's go get it. Let's fund those places that do that kind of thing directly so that they can take care of people. Yeah, let's do it. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Free education, I think that falls right under that perfectly. Yeah, people want, they want to grow their minds. They want to, they want to learn more about the world. They want to, and they want to get it from learned professionals. Okay, do it. Apply. If you get accepted, then go but you don't have any money. So what? You don't need any money. <laughs> it's a publicly funded university, and if you've been accepted, then you get to go now. Okay? You may need to get some kind of job to pay for the living expenses, but there's other things you can do to kind of... Yeah. But at least the cost of going to school, yeah, that's covered. That's going to be covered. You're worried about... That means we're socialists. No, don't. No, don't. Socialism is where every, everything is publicly funded and everyone makes the same amount of money. Yeah. So that's not what our system would be. Our system would be one in which there is all kinds of businesses, a vast array of businesses specializing in all kinds of stuff, a greater emphasis on small businesses and locally owned companies. Yeah, where this may be one or two locations that do quite well and their employees do quite well as well and they're popular companies. Yeah. And healthcare is right and education is right. And there's even a basic income. Yep, you can have all of the above and still not be socialist. There's no reason to embrace socialism because socialism is stupid. It's a dumb system. Okay? You, you, you definitely don't want to go with the stuff that's like bad. Free healthcare, though, is good. And free education is good as well. Those are good things. Helps people aspire and achieve their best self. So let's make sure we start doing that. That would be an awesome thing. Let's allow our country to be fertile ground for aspirations, prosperity, upward momentum, mostly of the working class. Let's do it. That'd be awesome. I'm all fired up at 4.45 in the morning on a Tuesday. <laughs> Hope everyone's hanging in there. Stay positive. Get vaccinated if you're not vaccinated already. Goodness gracious. Make sure you register to vote as well. God bless. This is Gary. Thinking out loud.